All right, good morning. It is Tuesday. I'm getting my stuff together. Did not do a podcast yesterday. Needed to uh, spend at least one day listening to the book that I've been trying to finish for the last uh, several months. So, uh, <laughs> decided to do that. So, uh, it's all good. Um, We've said today is a new moon, so um, let's see if it's a weird day. Yesterday was kind of a weird day. Just felt a lot like a Monday. Um, some things that I noticed yesterday that just kind of irritated me uh, were related to. print area um, and we have two things that we really run through that area um, parts that go on production units coming down the line um, and then parts that uh, well I guess categories of three things part that go on units coming down the line parts that go as uh, optional items that ship with the parts coming down the line and then uh, service or aftermarket parts, those are kind of in the same bucket. And so what uh, typically tends to happen, the parts that come through for production, um, they get sequenced based off of when they, uh, the unit that needs the part comes through the line. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, and uh, so they get sequenced that way um, and then those other parts uh, it's up to the operator to decide when to run them and so we've been really trying to get out of a practice and I, I spent some time trying to coach a little bit yesterday the process of batching like an insane amount of other line item or service or aftermarket parts um, and I don't know if we need to like be even more on top of it than we are right now or like do something we got to do something different but when I go there and I see that there's a couple hundred of the uh, parts for service or, or aftermarket or, or the uh, you know, line item parts I get a little frustrated because when I talk to the operator, it's like he knows it's wrong and says, like, I shouldn't be doing this. Knows what he's supposed to be doing and just says, but I did it anyway. And so it's kind of like, man, like, if you know it's not something we should be doing, then why do you keep doing it? <laughs> Um, so, like, he understands the benefit, you know, and so, like, answers all the right questions. Um, so I think really, um, you know, I think it's, it's like, uh, any change, right? Like, uh, if I'm trying to eat more vegetables or not eat candy, um, what sort of stimulus do I have to, 
reward the good behavior and then correct the undesirable behavior, right? Um, so I'm sure if it was like, you know, this guy was trying to like eat more vegetables, um, he would probably need some help. Um, like he would probably need some help with the behaviors to, to help him do that. He, he knows he's doing not the thing he doesn't want to be doing, but I just think he needs the help and the coaching. So I'm going to talk to the, the leader of that area, um, new leader. So, you know, it's probably like week number two that they're in a leadership role, maybe a little bit more than that. It feels like two weeks. Um, and so need to work on that. I also need to work on, man, if there's a way to just, uh, feed him what he needs to, to run in a way that, you know, he doesn't have to think. He just has to say, hey, run this next, run that next. Um, and it's, a, you know, smart enough to get him the right things when he needs to do them. Then I, I would uh, assume and make the hypothesis that as long as he follows that and that is for the, the order, the sequencing is correct, then should be relatively easy to be successful. Um, given too much, I guess, free will, um, you know, the, uh, the success rate for trying to follow the process we're trying to follow is low. Go back to trying to eat healthier. If my wife packs my lunch and I'm trying to eat healthy, I can almost guarantee that what my wife would pack me for lunch would be much healthier than what decisions I would make for my lunch. Um, I mean, it's just, you know, uh, because, uh, you know, if there's no other food option except for the healthy thing and it's lunchtime, what am I going to do? Well, I'm going to eat that um, because I get hungry. So, um, we got to make it so someone else packs this guy's lunch um, and uh, work on that. So, I have a couple ideas on how to do that. See how that goes. Um, see, I think what drives it, uh, part of it, like doing the big batches, is when we get work, um, the work is in like a already in a batch. You know, it'll say run 50 of these, or the order is for 50. So the mindset is I need to run all 50 at once because I need to send all 50 to the next step. And it's too complicated for me to do partials. See, what I think, you know, the input to this area needs to be is, hey, we have 50 single items that we need to, to look at. Um, it's convenient because of the printing process. It doesn't print one piece singularly. You can fit, depending on the size, anywhere between four and eight um, parts that go through that area. Um, we need to start looking at it as hey, here's, when you run this part, you're going to run two of them along with, you know, two of the production, you know, items. Or some sort of combination. Or, yeah, you'll run eight of them, and then in between running eight, you're going to run, you know, four of what's coming down from production. Just some sort of rhythm, you know, where we could, you know, just do a quick little equation and come up with, you know, hey, here's 
here's the best way to run. Um, if you run like this, then we're going to have like an optimal way to get through this. Not, you know, trying to run 50 and then trying to run 2 and then trying to run... So, <clears throat> you know, we have a little bit of work, you know, to do there from a math, you know, an allocation of the space side of things, but... I, I would assume, and, and my hypothesis would be, that by running like that, we would uh, we would actually get through the work quicker. Now, someone's going to complain about changeover in the next step. We have to put like a plastic coating on these parts before we go to the to a bending operation. And the, the bending operation, you know, there's going to be a changeover there too, but. Um, we've already done some experiments with the changeover for the for some of that stuff that we can get it down to you know practically you know, uh, you know, you know definitely less than a minute um, and probably even less than that. So you know we just need to practice some smart thinking and not you know think we're doing better because we're doing more at a time and then just let it pile up. Really got on me yesterday, probably because it's a, a new moon. Um, that's why it irritated me. That uh, we were we had so much material. We had a lot of the material we didn't need, and <laughs> uh, uh, a lot of material we were waiting on. A lot of material. So some parts were waiting to be completed and didn't have all their material yet. Uh, other parts were. Nowhere near being needing those parts, and we had a bunch of it piled up. So um, we just need to uh, spend some time there, get some some folks to see things a little bit different, and then get some, some other things in place. But anyway, I had to talk that one out because it was bothering me. Uh, part of the reason why it bothers me is one of the downstream customers who works in another building. Um, it's just a pain in the butt. He thinks that the process should revolve around him and that uh, we should stop production if he doesn't have his parts. He works on the line items and uh, comes and, you know, harasses the team for his parts. And, uh, you know, I was thinking about that this morning. I don't want to be nice to this guy anymore, um, but in a very polite way. Um, someone just needs to tell them, and it's probably me, just to, like, you know, uh, you know, basically, uh, get the heck out of the way, like, leave the team alone, uh, you know, go, go, you know, cry your tears somewhere else, you know, but, you know, at some point, you try to, like, try to help people and understand the process and let them know, like, change is happening, and, they're so used to an old way of doing things and uh, being able to have complete control over their work. Um, you know, this team was used to getting all of their parts before 9 a.m. and then they would just ration the work out. So the last one was down to 5:30. Um, you know, and, and uh, it was a run out, run out the clock type of situation. And so it's frustrating because. They're very capable operators that um, could easily, you 
don't work in other places, but we've kind of put them in a spot where, you know, they're, since they don't play nice with others, that, you know, they're a little isolated. And, um, you know, over the years, that has just caused some problems. So, uh, but we've tried, I've tried being very polite. Um, if you know me, I'm usually very polite and sometimes uh, as part of what I need to work on, not uh, fully direct. I'm uh, going to beat around the bush a little bit. And uh, so I was walking my dog this morning and I was thinking, you know, how would that conversation go with that guy the next time I see him, you know, pestering the, uh, the folks who, are the uh, previous step of, of uh, the work that he does. And, um, well, I won't say what the first couple of uh, ways I, I played it through in my mind, but, uh, you know, uh, the way that I am considering <laughs> uh, right now is just to tell him, hey, Unless you're doing value-added work in this building, um, I need you to go back to the building you work in and follow the process for communicating that you need parts. And uh, if you have any problem with that, uh, please send an email. But you need to be in that building and you need to not be bothering these guys. It's disruptive to them getting the work done and when you're over here it makes everyone a little bit irritated because they know what you're here for and you just need to follow the process and if the process doesn't work then we'll talk about that but don't come over to this building so um, we'll see how that goes I still need to think about it a little bit you know situation behavior impact uh, I haven't fully vetted that out but it was interesting yesterday, um, you know, I've been getting a lot of, uh, uh, support from, uh, from Neil and, uh, I asked him some questions yesterday and, uh, it was nice to be the, uh, the person asking the questions, um, and kind of get my momentum back going that way because I've kind of felt like the, uh, um, not in that uh, coach headspace uh, much lately, so uh, thank you, Neil, for uh, uh, allowing me to kind of uh, ask questions related to some stuff going on in uh, your neck of the woods and uh, get back into that mindset. It definitely uh, helped me with the rest of the day, so shout out to Neil for uh, his, his wonderful generosity with uh, allowing me to put that coach hat on. So thank you, Neil. Uh, and it it totally got me back in the you know the way of thinking about um, you know coaching upwards um, and some of the coaching that I need to do upwards. Um, and uh, you know I'm working on my list and. You know, last year, um, feels like ages ago, um, you know, there was an opportunity for 
some folks on my team, including my boss, to go to a uh, Shingo Prize winning organization. And so, um, I mean, I probably feel like they forgot about all that by now, but um, so they got to go see the Shingo Prize winner and uh, see what the culture was like there. And, uh, you know, we're really impressed and, you know, kind of the feedback that I got from the team as they, they left was, yeah, this is what we want to be like. And so, um, you know, the team wants to be like that. Um, you know, here's, yeah, here's some things that we need to do, blah, blah, blah. Um, and so I feel like we just need to re refresh on that and say, well, okay, um, we want to be that. Um, all right, let's, uh, let's, let's revisit that. So anyway, I'm here in my spot. Um, I'm going to get going. I got to present at a KPI meeting and I got to remember what I got to say. So anyway, have a great day. Adios.